In the name of Christ Jesus, who is our strength, amen. The passage of scripture which will be the focus of our attention is the Old Testament reading read earlier from Isaiah chapter 40. Today is the day of homiletical reflection, and we welcome all of you who are guests with us this morning, thanking you for your presence and thanking God for the important ministries that you carry out abroad. And no doubt you've come here seeking to learn and to grow and also to be inspired. My prayer is that you will receive those gifts. However, however, an event like this can be a bittersweet experience. How so? Well, my experience has been going to conferences or workshops or seminars like this It is a sweet experience in that we learn a lot, we gain new insights, new approaches to the practice of ministry and preaching, resources and tools to do so. That's very good. That's sweet. And I have no doubt today that it will be a sweet experience for you, particularly because our primary speaker is Dr. Leonard Sweet. However, these events can also be bitter experiences for us as well. And how is that so? Well, when we come and hear these eminent speakers and presenters, these giants of the practice of ministry, these masters of preaching, And in the last several years here for our day of homiletical reflection, we have had some truly homiletical giants, such as Haddon Robinson, Gene Lowry, Fred Craddock, Thomas Long, and now Len Sweet. And as we hear them and are impressed by their capability and their ability to present and proclaim we feel like homiletical midgets in comparison. We feel inadequate. We feel inferior. We feel deficient and weak. And we may go away discouraged. Our text today from Isaiah chapter 40 was addressed to people who were discouraged with far greater reason for discouragement than we. In just the previous chapter, chapter 39, Isaiah had proclaimed the coming judgment of the Lord upon Judah, that another nation, the Babylonians, would invade, they would plunder the land, they would lead the people captive away. And for those people who heeded Isaiah's warning, though very few, no doubt there was great discouragement and despair in that message that they received. Even more so later, For those people who experienced firsthand the exile, there was discouragement, disappointment, despair. Dr. Sweet shortly will describe for us the perfect storm that is approaching the church today. And these people experienced a perfect storm of God's judgment as they experienced the loss of their livelihoods and the lives of their loved ones the loss of their homes and homeland, 
the loss of their holy city, and even the holy of holies itself. A loss of hope. Hope in Yahweh. In verse 27 of our text here, Isaiah describes the sentiments of these people. Why do you say, O Jacob, and complain, O Israel? My way is hidden from the Lord. My cause is disregarded by my God. In other words, these people were asking, Why, O Lord? Why don't you take note of our plight? Why don't you care about our affliction? Discouragement. Disappointment. Today, you may be experiencing discouragement and disappointment as well. Perhaps you're a seminarian and it's coming to the end of the academic year. Two and a half weeks left. But whoa, what a two and a half weeks. You see the formidable assignments before you. Reading, writing, exams. And you are sapped of strength. You can't find the motivation to keep going to finish to the end. You're weary and worn. Or perhaps you're a candidate who a week ago received your assignment call to a congregation. And it wasn't quite what you had hoped for. The location, the community, the congregation, and certainly the financial package wasn't what you had expected, far less. And you are discouraged, disappointed. In fact, you may even look at the challenges as described in the call documents and as you've talked to the congregational leaders and district president, and you think, am I up to the task? Who is capable for such things? Apprehension, fear, discouragement. And for our guests here, pastors, you've come to this day of homiletical reflection, no doubt, to get help for preaching. And you are a veteran preacher. You've preached hundreds, maybe even thousands of sermons. And yet you feel that your preaching has become dry and stale. You ascend the pulpit in a perfunctory way. You feel lifeless. You need new strength, new life. You're discouraged and weary. Isaiah speaks to the likes of you today. And he does so by turning our attention from ourselves and our weakness to Yahweh and his strength. Verse 28. Do you not know? Have you not heard? Yahweh is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow weary or tired, and his understanding no one can fathom. Yes, we grow weary and tired, but there is one who never grows tired or exhausted. He is the almighty creator of the ends of the earth. In him is all strength and power. His ways and his knowledge are beyond our understanding. They are limitless. But not only does all power and might reside in him, but he seeks to give that to those who are in need. Verse 29. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. 
He gives. He gives his strength. He lives to give to the weary like you and me. To give his strength. And oh, aren't we weary. The description in verse 30 is so apropos for us as well. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. That's us. Weary, stumble, falling, failing. We fall into sin, including homiletical sins. Our colleague, Dr. Gibbs, is prone to remind us, he who is without homiletical sin, let him cast the first stone. And the point is, none of us is without homiletical sin. We fail to proclaim the intended meaning of the text. The gospel fails to predominate in our sermons at times. We fail to connect with people. Homiletical sins, we stumble, we fall. But there's hope. And hope is in the Lord, Yahweh, the creator, the all-powerful one. Verse 31, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. The hope is in the Lord and in his strength. And the verb here that is translated renew, the Hebrew hifil of chalaf, frequently in the hifil is translated as exchange. And I think that that can apply here. Exchange. They will exchange their strength. When there's an exchange, there's a two-way street that's there. It's going in two directions in an exchange. In this case, the text is very clear that one direction of the exchange is that God is delivering to us his mighty power. To us who are weak. But what's the other direction of the exchange? It is our weakness delivered to him. Our impotence, our sin delivered to him. That's the exchange. That's the exchange. What Martin Luther described as the blessed exchange. And it was supremely and ultimately realized in the person and work of Jesus Christ. God Almighty descended into human flesh. And he took upon himself our sin. And as he bore the burden of the cross, he stumbled. He fell. And as he was suspended on the execution post, he was weak. He cried out in thirst. He gasped. He died. The exchange of our weakness to him. But three days later, he rose again in power, in might, in victory. And now he imparts to us in this exchange his resurrection power. And there is no greater power in all of the universe, in all of creation, than the resurrection power of our Lord exchanged to you. And so what is the result? Those who hope in the Lord will renew, exchange their strength. They will soar on wings of eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. We have new strength, never failing power, God's power. 
for ministry and for preaching. I love the imagery here from Isaiah. They will soar on wings of eagles. This last weekend, I was staying in a hotel in the Houston, Texas area, and it abutted the Nassau Bay. In fact, there was waterfront. The hotel had waterfront property. And it was a fairly breezy and windy day, and I was out walking on the boardwalk there, and I noticed aloft a huge bird. Sorry, not an eagle this time, but a pelican with a massive wingspan. And I was amazed because that pelican hardly moved a muscle. It just extended its wings, hardly exerted any effort or energy at all. And yet it soared, not by its own power, but the power of the wind that lifted it up. Brothers and sisters, we too now have the power of God, the wind of the Lord, the Ruach Yahweh, the Pneuma Tutha'u, the Spirit of God that lifts us and buoys us that we might soar in ministry, in life. And for those called to the vocation of the preaching office, for preaching. I remember early in my pastoral ministry, it could have even been within the first year, that I was burned out. I was exhausted, especially with preaching. And I had the privilege occasionally of meeting with a retired pastor, a member of the congregation, who was also a former district president, a very wise man now with the Lord, Dr. Alvin Miller. And he became kind of a mentor and even father confessor to me. And it was during this time that we met. And I said, Al, I just don't have it in me to continue to produce sermons that are creative, connect with the people. I just don't have it in me. I'm exhausted. I was expecting some sympathy from him. (laughs) I didn't get it. But I got what I needed, wise words. He looked at me very intently and he said, David, you're right. You don't have it in you. That's the problem. You're trying to find the strength within you, in your own capability, in your own flesh. And that will fail you every time. But then graciously, compassionately, evangelically, He turned my attention from myself and my own power to the Lord, the all-powerful God, his power from on high that he has promised. Dr. Miller, a great scholar of the word of God, had much scripture memorized, and he poured out to me passage upon passage of the promises of God to us. I can only remember a few. Zechariah 4 Not by your might, not by strength, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And Ephesians 6, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Philippians 4, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. 2 Corinthians 12, Jesus says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is perfected 
in weakness. And as I heard the word of the Lord, I was lifted. I was sustained. I was filled with that power from on high to continue on in ministry, in preaching. Today, on this day of homiletical reflection, no doubt we will gain great insights, tools, resources, even inspiration for preaching. Thanks be to God for those gifts from him. And yet the greatest gift that he gives to us for ministry, for preaching, for life, is himself, his spirit, the power from on high. And in that gift, we have power to proclaim his word powerfully. Amen.